You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Sleepy Hollow After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sleepy Hollow After Show. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Bum, 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 bum. Hey there, sleepyheads. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another Sleepy Hollow after show. This is episode 103. Uh, I think it's what? For Good Men Who Do Nothing? Uh, for the triumph of evil. And your, your British accent didn't last I, very long, Matt. I'm, I'm so sorry. We, we, we had all discussed pre-broadcast that we would start this year after show all in, in blighty, blighty British accents. But mine is terrible. And Jackie isn't even trying to do hers. My name is Ichabod Crane. My British accent <laughs> is so horrible. No! Horrible? No! can't do it on no, air. No, it's not horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey guys, I'm Matt Lieberman, Jackie Borowski, Stephen Lemieux in the booth. We got a lot to talk about this week, but first... I would like to talk about something that we originated <laughs> last week. So last week on the podcast, uh, Stephen Lemieux had the wonderful idea that we have uh, a pun jar and that we uh, hold a sweepstakes so that every time we make a pun, uh, we put money in said jar. And at the end of the season, we uh, raffle it off to one of our many listeners around the world. Uh, who would then get the sweet, sweet cash. And now we have the official rules for the pun jar going forward. And I'm good. I know. It's a big deal. And I think it's the first of its kind in After Buzz TV history. So here we go. The rules. The official pun jar sweepstakes rules. <clears throat> is that is that a throat-clearing sound effect? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, let's get through this. People want to hear about the episode. All right. Number one, we will announce the current total of the pun jar at the top of every show. As of last week, there is $1.50 in the jar. Rule two, anytime someone makes a pun or says something particularly cringeworthy, any of the other hosts can call out that thing and say pun jar. However, two out of three hosts must agree that it is worthy. Which now, thinking about it, is hysterical because since, for example, if Matt says a pun and he doesn't want to give money, Steve and I can just be like, yeah, you, yeah. That's, that's the point. It's like if I say that, you know, I made a something, I said something was ponderful, for example. Okay, pun jar. Yeah, pun jar. You disagree. Oh, because she doesn't want. Okay. No, she, I she just, doesn't I want think, the fans to have money. No, that's not it. I just, I think it has to be. Okay. It has more to be. In, has to, oh, okay. <laughs> well, if this isn't the whole point of a pun jar, that it's the worst, most unclever BS. Hey, Matt, I got to tell you, though, the name of this show is Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And we dealt with the Sandman who's sleepy and has hollow eyes. <sighs> pun jar. <laughs> I know that that's not a pun, but I'm just like, that's lame. Sorry. Jackie? Uh, I don't agree on that one either. Okay, okay. Let's just I'm going to say pun jar. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're okay, all right. He volunteered himself. himself. All right, so now we have $2 in the pun jar. Okay. I feel um, like I'm the curmudgeon in this. You are the curmudgeon. That is the last thing I ever expected. <laughs> all right. The offender contributes 50 cents to the cumulative jar total, and we will announce the current total at the end of each show. Now, during the second-to-last after show of the season... We will announce the way to win. Likely some kind of Twitter contest. Using uh, hashtag Punjar. Using hashtag Punjar. It might be a random selection for people who tweet using hashtag Punjar. In order to be eligible to win, you must follow all three of us and AfterBuzz TV on Twitter. That is something that we, we must stick to. You must follow all of us and AfterBuzz TV on Twitter. During the finale, the season finale, we will announce the winner and we will wire them the winnings via PayPal. There may also be some extra prizes that are non-monetary, 
Uh, that remains to be seen over the course of the season. Now that we got all that fun <laughs> navel gazing, we love ourselves stuff out of the way. Did you just say navel gazing? I what did. Navel gazing <laughs> means like basically that we're like being self indulgent. I thought it's just what like old people went to Florida to do. They like no. gaze the navel what? oranges. Punjar, punjar, punjar a thousand times over. Jackie, back me up here. Okay, I'll go with that one. Damn right. 250. 250. Jesus. It's going to be a long season. But do people stare at their belly buttons? No, it's like, it's basically, we'll look it up later, okay? (laughs) Is it navel like semen? No, what? No, no, no. N-A-V-E-L. As in one's navel. Okay, Steve. S-E-A. Men. He's so immature. He's he's like a she's like a child. (laughs) He's like a child. It's impossible. Okay, come on, Sleepy Hollow episode three. It was a great episode. It was. was. I liked the last one better though. Really? I think though because I. Hmm. I don't really have a good reason. Okay. Yes. I'll give you a reason. Oranges. I'll give you a reason that this that. Oh, I oh go go ahead. I figured out my reason though. Okay. Um. These episodes are great, but they don't climax as good as they should have. And don't take that the wrong way. It's just with last episode, we had this badass witch that uses this fire of burning stuff. Yeah. And then she's beaten by some dynamite or gunpowder. Right. And then this episode, we have this badass guy with hollow eyes, the, the Sandman. Rock and Ron And then he's beaten by her saying that, she saw the demon. But that's the whole point. I don't think Here, that, you, you make well, your point. Okay, on that on one level, I don't think that either of these characters is actually beaten or meant to be beaten. I I think that we might we they have left it open for seeing any one of them again. Really? And I I think the reason I don't like this episode is because I was having a hard time tying in the Sandman with the greater story. Okay. The witch to me fits into the greater story. The Sandman I just felt this was more uh, – I mean, if this is supposed to be about the collective apocalypse, I was right. having a hard time putting that piece in. Well, here's here's what the episode did for me, and I like this episode a lot. I think it's the best one yet. I think it's the best one yet, and I'll explain why. So the the Sandman, or Ruck and Rontes, uh, Native American demon, uh, is, is connected to Abby's past with the horsemen. It's finally pushing her over her doubts – getting her to admit the truth that she saw the faceless demon when she was a child. She's owning up to it. She's owning up to who she is as the witness. And it's bringing Jenny into play in a big way. And she's going to be, I think, a big part of the cast going forward unless she meets a tragic end sometime soon. But uh, it also opens up the series to dealing with uh, demons and monsters and the occult outside of the bad coven and witches and demons related specifically to that. I think that the apocalypse isn't just about the horsemen and the people tied directly to them. It's, it's a, an assemblance of all evil on earth coming forth. So like having, having them dispatch all the, any kind of evil is important. I think to their cause, because the less evil there is in the world, then the, the safer it will be come apocalypse time. Well, and we saw in the previews for next week too, that there's like so many demons. Cause we oh, see yeah. like that guy that there, that there's like more and more demons. I think Rukonrontes. Rukonrontes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like to say it like it's that. It's a great, it's a great name. Rock on Ronteus. Rock um, on Ronteus. Um, I, <laughs> that threw me off. Come on. I think that it was interesting in that if you listen to what Jenny says, yeah, she says to Abby, my conscience is clear. And that's what that's that actually leads back to Rocco Noteus because the people who he goes after are the people who are not clear of conscience. So it shows that I believe the demon they saw in the forest that was in that cell with Jenny, yeah, is the one who called Rocco Noteus as his minion kind of thing. To deal with Abby. Because the fact that Jenny knew about it and said those words specifically, my conscience is clear, means that she's already been through a trial with Rocco and Lanteus. It's entirely possible. It's also possible that the raising of death of the Headless Horseman, you know, unleashed 
more demons on the world. That I believe. I just had a hard time with this particular plot line because I feel that the story was supposed to be about Abby facing this, you know, owning up to her own truth. Yeah. And it just seemed like to me if she's if she's one of the two like the witnesses. Wa- witnesses, it just seemed that I was like, why wouldn't he go after her first? It's like the old Austin Powers thing where he's like, okay, now I'm going to put you in a room full of sharks, yeah. and I'm going to let the sharks swim around, and I'm going to give you a chance to get out of this. Why don't one you just kill her? Yeah, yeah, why didn't he just go after her first? And I... I mean, I guess it's now we know that like that flannel shirt. Well, who's to say guy that... is the one who saved her, which answered that question. But still, I just feel like I feel like he should have gone for her first, and then we would have gotten more meat to her story. Well, Jackie, who's to say that he didn't go after her first because she had a dream that he was in before Doctor Vega was killed. That's he true. was he was in her dream. He didn't chew. He it was just the beginning of the torment. He didn't put the screws to her as hard as he did the other two, or she's just stronger. She's stronger willed than the other two, so it took longer. He also didn't blow the sand in her face in her dream. Exactly. She woke up before that happened. Yeah, so she she got away. He had come for her first. At least that's my interpretation. Also addressing your point, Steve, about weak endings. I will admit I was bummed out at how easily they dispatched the witch last week. I thought it was very fitting how they dealt with Rock and Rontiers this week because he's only he's only there to fight and punish people who have guilty consciences who have wronged people in their lives when Abby was able to finally admit her place in the universe and admit that she had done wrong by her sister and that she meant to correct it and really really meant it that ended the trial it ended the trial Rock and Rontiers had no reason to come after her anymore I, and I think that brings forward this like theme of the sh- that the show seems to have, which is purgatory. This yeah. like world between worlds where you have to tone for your sins before you can go on to the next whatever level there is. Yeah, because they they did make a a kind of like. Um, uh, An allusion to it. They... An allusion to, but it's like a Greek myth where it's the the. Death is the um, is it Hades the person? Who yeah, no. There's the, a ferryman. Yeah, the ferryman at the at the gate to Hades. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to. That's why they would have coins over their eyes to pay the ferryman to take them safely into hell. Uh, but the the Native Americans were talking about this week uh, that you know Rock and Rontes rules over the Valley of the Dead, and that's where they went uh, when they took the tea and the funky scorpion poison. Uh, which we'll get to all that, but that effectively is purgatory. He was like, you know, yeah. either people plead their case and they're al- allowed to go to heaven or Rock and Rontiers drags them to hell. So um, can we talk about the character design? Yes, we can. Loved it. So cool. Awesome. Totally so awesome. cool. They always have good character design in the show. I, like I know. That. The witch last week looked badass. And yeah. Dude, this guy, and we were comparing it earlier, I think it looked like a mix between a design from Pan's Labyrinth and sh- crappy Deadpool. Yeah. We call him crappy Deadpool because he's fr- the Deadpool that Ryan Reynolds played in, in X Men Origins yeah. Wolverine. So yeah, it was. It was oh, go ahead. No, it was just it was uh, it was bad Deadpool in a great way, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, because that looked badass. It was super creepy. It reminded me. Um, of the the character designs for Buffy, not in the sense that this reminds me of a particular character, but they always had the coolest designs for characters. Yeah. And I like that we already made the allusion to them having their own, like, library now, and now they're fighting, like, really super cool demons. Yeah. I just want to say uh, on the air so that there's proof and just so Jackie knows, I'm working my way through Buffy finally, and I'm in the middle of season three. Nice. Yeah. I think we'll see vampires this season, Wait, by the way, too. Um, you haven't seen all of it? I've seen the beginning and some select episodes. Witness my indignation. You can witness it on YouTube.com. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you'll just have to imagine it. So, there you are. He's not a Buffy buff. I'm not a Buffy buff. Oh, my gosh. But man. I will be. We I soon so will be. We have so many things to talk about. I know. We have so much to talk about. But character Especially design. Especially Sleepy Hollow <laughs> and the character yeah. design on it. I... I love it, and I was talking to Matt about this earlier. We talked before the show. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to ruin the surprise of talking before the show. No. Um, I was talking to fans, Matt. Jeez. No, Um, I love that the the villains have oomph to them. 
Like they have a physical form, and that's what I love about this show is that it's not just CGI. And when you have just CGI, you're like, oh, it's just CGI. But when it actually is a person behind that, it's something that you know you could pull out, put your hand out and touch, and it would be the makeup, it would be the prosthetics and everything, but it would still be a moving physical thing. And that just makes it so much more scarier. It's like that's why – that's what separates the original Jurassic Park from, like, the newer ones that are totally lame. Right. It was – it was Star Wars where yeah. – I'm sorry, but, like, once you have you, – I, I agree with you. Once you have a physical human making those emotions beneath all that makeup, all that, it comes out. Yeah. And so when you put a CGI thing in there, it's just – it doesn't read the same. The thing is super scary, the original thing. Yep. And the remake was not. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, it, there's something – it's inside the human brain. You know, it's like the uncanny valley where the closer you get to realism in CG, there becomes a point where things just look wrong because you can tell that they're not real. Our brains, it, it, like innately, when we see something that is physical, that exists, our brain knows – like accepts it as reality uh, versus CGI. Ultimately, no matter how thrilling or scary it is – your brain knows that it's not real. It, it, ju- it just does. There's and it, ne- no, it never can be real. Yeah, there's no comparison. It's like when, when Peter Jackson was making the Lord of the Rings movies, there's so much great miniatures work in those movies, more than you'd even expect. Things like dust and rocks and things, real dust, so that when a building gets hit by a massive boulder, you feel like it's real because you're, see- you're seeing real dust and real stones coming down. It's like it's uh, I could talk about this stuff forever. I'm a huge I'm a huge nerd for that. But there's also a there's also an artistry in um in just making that special effects makeup. I oh, yeah. feel like so And many, on a TV budget. Yeah, so many people these days it's like, "Ooh, it's just easier to cop out to the CGI." But there's such beautiful artistry in making that like Steve last week you talked about the makeup on the witch. There's just some sort of beautiful artistry about making those special effects. Totally, and and it's it's such a sh- such a show of confidence. I think on the creators of the show that they're going with that, they're going old school, and on the part of the network and the studio for giving them the money and the and the leeway to do it. There was an episode of Doctor Who this season, and, and like I'm sorry, I'm going off topic. Where there was a, a character, they built up the reveal of the character's face, an alien, for the entire episode, right? And the helmet of his of his physical suit, which looked awesome, opens, and it's this effing rubbery BS CGI head that looks like garbage, and it completely ruined the emotional journey this character had been on for the entire episode. Because I'm just looking at this dumb, rubbery, fake, stupid computer face, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this when they could have just made an appliance that looked half as brilliant as as the Rock and Rontier's work that we saw in this episode. I am getting warm. I am so upset this about that This isn't Sleepy Hulo. I know. This isn't Sleepy Hulo. <laughs> okay, that Sleepy one Hulo. goes in the pinjar. Yeah, pinjar. yeah, yeah. yeah. Pinjar. Really? Oh. You're yeah. the only offender this week, and you've already done it Shut twice. Up. You've already doubled our investment. I just in care about our fans steak. in this hard economy. Liar. You are a liar. <laughs> this is the government shutdown edition. <laughs> yeah, government shutdown edition of Sleepy Hollow podcast. What? Okay. Let's, let's get back on topic. Let's talk about Abby and Ichabod. Uh, Ichabod has become like a very, like very quickly, you know, just a fixture in this police precinct. I love it though. This is again, okay. Okay. You guys can like hit me later for all the Buffy references, but there's a level of. We would never hit a woman. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't say it's about Buffy references. Oh. Just we would never hit a woman. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's a level of – I think I said this at the beginning. When you do these kinds of fantasy, fantasy shows, yeah. you have to start just accepting. You have to like you have to just accept what goes on in this world to a certain level. Like, okay. yes, there are characters on the outside, but you want your inside characters to fit into that world. And I like that this episode was all about Abby accepting her past – and Ichabod just kind of has like slid neatly into this world, which, which is what we want because this is our inside character. I know, but and l- even to a certain extent, the the police chief, the captain, yeah, the captain, he's like, 
I'll just deal you with go it. do that. But that's what that's what like kind of confused me. I'm like, did I miss something last week? Because uh, he's just fine with him just hanging out like everywhere. I mean, granted, the the case that he showed up for was a supernatural death. But if it hadn't, and it had just been a jumper, it would have been like, what is he doing here? And then he finds them in the friggin' Scooby Gang library, which is what it'll be called forever, because that's what it is. It is the Scooby Gang It is Gang the Scooby library. Gang library of this <laughs> show. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, you know what? You're right. I'll give you this space. You come and go as you please. I'll give you a key. Well, it's, it's Good or- work. It's Orlando Jones. And, like, I, know. I really think it's just more that he doesn't want to be the guy to be like, hey, there's a, there's a decapitated horse. There's a decapitated horseman. There's a uh, Sandman. There's a uh, witch. I mean, he'd look like he'd look ridiculous. Is that your Orlando Jones impression? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a uh, Matt Lieberman. Uh, <laughs> that is that is sorry. Hey Matt. Yeah. Kaka kaka and tookie tookie don't work. What? What does that even mean? That's Orlando Jones from Evolution, if you had been a fan of his. So don't make fun of my Orlando Jeez. Jones. Jeez. Okay. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> he doesn't want to be the one to say this stuff's happening, so I feel like he's just like, like even last episode, he's like, Abby, while I'm gone, you can have your reign. Because I think he knows it's happening, but just doesn't want to be the guy to say it's happening. So then, so then let me ask the question, because I, I, I'm pretty sure at this point we we have a firm answer. Do you think... He's a part of a coven. I, I'm pretty sure he's not a part of Evil Coven, but he might be. I don't, but I think that he knows what's going on in the town. Mm. And this is like most shows you have some level. If, if you have a person that is as smart as as this character is supposed to be, yeah. they have some level of like cognizance of what's going on. They just don't want to necessarily it. accept it. Yeah. So I think he is... This is his way of being like, okay, I don't have to touch this weirdness. You guys figure it out. You know, like weird, weird supernatural guy. And like he clearly has some sort of, um, you know, some sort of affection and respect for Abby that he's willing to let her do that as well. And he just says, okay, you guys figure it out because I don't want to deal with the weirdness. Or he's keeping tabs on him. That because if if because what the, the preview for next week threw me off so much because it shows that there's humanoid people who are demons. No, it shows. That's, that's to, what I look. That's what it looked like to, to me. To me, it looked like next week we're going to finally meet Evil Coven. Well, there's okay. okay. That might be Evil Coven, but there's this book that this series of books that I read called uh, The Power of Five, and it's all about like a demon world, demon entering the world, and through the through humans, it would take control of the world and things like that. But just influencing them with power and influencing them with money and things was like that. Was it like a parasite? No, it was no. just it was just the demons would enter the world camouflaged and just influence things through other humans. But the thing about this, it seems, is that if demons are influencing humans in this, Orlando could be working for he he could be just a guy doing his job. Mm-hmm. But the people above him have been telling him. Oh, don't worry about it. Just keep tabs on them and report back to us. Because I feel like he doesn't exactly know, but he's probably under someone who knows what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be a Buffy situation where the mayor is a member of one of the covens. Are we going to have a Buffy jar too, guys? No. (laughs) No, 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 no. No no more jars. (laughs) No more jars. No containers, period. Yeah. Well, I w- it's funny because I was actually thinking that and I was holding my tongue because I was like, I'm going to get I'm gonna get skewered for all the Buffy references. No. But it's, I mean, it's one show that I can think of where you have a, a blend of two worlds like this that yeah. I can refer to. Small town supernatural shows. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's only a few. And it was it, and not just... The, not just the principal, but, like, the other people in the town, there's an episode. Are you at the end of season three? No. Okay. Well, at the end of season three, not to give anything away, but Great. here I go, uh, you start to see that the kids in the town knew what was going on. They just didn't want to accept it. So they there are some mentions to all the weird stuff that happens in the town. Okay. Because if weird stuff happens in the town... I mean, it's a small town. Everyone knows everybody. Everyone knows... I mean, 144,000, you don't know everybody. Right. But, you know, you have some idea. You know, your 
aunt or your cousin, someone disappeared, someone grew an extra arm, somebody's something. eye exploded in yeah. the sand. Yeah. Her I, eye exploded. Her eye exploded. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it's it a little popped too... popped like a tiny balloon it's full little, of sand. It's a little too weird for a, a person whose character I think is intelligent as Orlando's character mm-hmm. to just to just totally dismiss and say blindsided to. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, I, at this point, I don't think that he's a member of one of the covens, but if it turns out that he is, it won't be a massive surprise to me. Because like that, to me, seems like the twist this kind of show would, would pull. Um, I feel like we'll get some hostility towards Ichabod because he is so new. Yeah. And we have so many of these mysterious things happening. I mean, you got someone got burnt to a burnt crisp in their car. Mm-hmm. And then this episode, like, Two people killed themselves with wide eyes and talking crazy, wanting to talk to Abby. One thing I will say, they should never have her try to talk people down off a ledge. Okay. Not end well. But no, but like, that's not hey, her how's fault. how's it going? The lady's like, peace out. Yeah. She's like, I'm done. Uh, watch this. Watch this flip. Mm. And then off the ledge she went. But Terrible. they realized, they definitely realized it wasn't her fault. Yeah. And she got the information. She was like, this is the lady from my dream, Dr. Mara Dr. Vega. Vega. Oh, you Somebody called that lady name. a doctor. Uh, She's a doctor. Wrote it down. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to talk about... Abby, uh, like right now, I'm so happy that she's finally accepted her role in this mm-hmm. and that uh, that she's not going to be questioning it every episode anymore. We can finally – it's like, okay, now we can finally get going. Yeah. Because like whenever you start a ser- like a broadcast series, the first few episodes, you're basically just repeating the premise so that new people can join in really easily and cementing it. But now she's on board and we can just go and have fun. Yeah. Um, and I loved the scene between her and Ichabod towards the end of the episode where she's like, seven years, huh? And he's like, well, it'll get easier. And I, I'm too tired even to lie right now. You know, like. I totally love them. Yeah. What is their shipper name? Krabby? Krabby? <laughs> I don't know. I read that somewhere. Krabby? Maybe. I mean. Ichabby? Ichababby. 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 Uh, shoot, shoot us a tweet or, or hit us up on YouTube and let us know what you think. And also, this uh, seems like an opportune time to mention iTunes. Guys, thank you so much for keeping us in the top ten for the third week in the ro- in a row. We're typically first. In first place, first place above the season series finale of, of Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. That's wow. something. That's crazy. That's something. And I know that if I wasn't doing this show and I was just doing Breaking Bad – uh, I would be furious, but like <laughs> you guys brought it out. So like, good for you. One thing you can do to keep us on top and keep our bosses knowing how much you love this show is to go on iTunes and review us, rate us, comment on iTunes because they see that it makes us more searchable uh, to everyone on the iTunes. And we deeply appreciate it. We love five star ratings. We love five star ratings. Don't we guys? Yes, we, we do. do. And I'm going to go ahead and give a little bit of a shout out to our five star rating. Oh, yeah. Why don't you do One that? of them is Haley from Atlanta. What up, Haley from Atlanta? You rock. So we got Haley the hero, Atlanta. I'm delighted to hear the same witty host from many of the other After Buzz podcasts I listen to. I love the show and love you guys, so I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of the season. <sighs> Go Thank Haley. you so much, Haley. You're awesome. And then we just got one today or last night. By Sweet Home, South Dakota. Sweet oh. Home, South Dakota. You left us an iTunes review. Oh, yeah. Love if you me. love the show, you will enjoy and love this podcast. They capture what you question and talk it through. Great hosts. South Dakota fan. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Mm. I'm oh, down. That's that's That goes down real nice. I like praise. You guys rock. I also like, uh, I, I have a harder time chatting with people on iTunes because of the format, but there's a good conversation going on YouTube right now. Yeah. Where um, one fan pointed out to me that Nicole, I keep. Nicole me- Bahari. Bahari. Yeah. I keep messing up her last name, but she's Juilliard trained. Really? Yes. That it shows. Um, she's I know. Very good. She's very good. And then um, another fan. To- Oh, oh, go ahead. Shout out to Sleepy Hollow Circle for promoting our shows. On oh, yes. Channel now. Thank yes, you so thank much, you. guys. And then um, another fan, Michael B., pointed out a good question. Is Crane immortal now? Like the Yeah, that is, that is a good question. I don't think 
I don't think that he's immortal, but it's it would be a fun discovery, and it would give him some interesting stuff to play, you know, because he's got the fish-out-of-water thing. But if we discover, say, a season or two from now that he's immortal and what that does to a person, the I fact that you... acts like he's immortal already. Like, he runs when... Uh, when he hears the gunshot, and I know part of this is like, part of this is his undying love for Abby. Um, sure. <laughs> Continue. No, no, he, no sniggering. His undying love for Abby. He runs into the house without a hesitation and yeah. uh, like without any like armor or guns or anything. Um, and that he's a he's that sort of hero, but B he does it without a second thought for himself, yeah. and he does the same thing in the dream world. He takes the the dream tea juice, mm-hmm. gets his arm cut off. Yeah, yeah. ouch! Oh my god, turned that was to so sand. Cool. Sand arm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna just go ahead and on a limb here and say yes, he's immortal because I really think later in the show they're gonna give us that um that dilemma of you gotta kill you gotta kill the rider death. But they know that if they kill the rider death, it will kill Ichabod as well. Ooh. Because he's the only yeah. thing keeping him I like that. It's like yeah. Harry Potter and Voldemort. Yeah. He who shall not be named. <laughs> you just, you, you're such a fan. You love your stuff. Um, I'm a nerd. No, you're allowed. It's, it's, it's good for this show. Uh, what I was going to say to sh- that, what I was going to say to that is he's going to find out that he's immortal when he's going to have saved Katrina only to have her die in his arms. And then he finds out that he can't die. Yes. So he has to live without her for eternity. And who's there to Abby, pick up the pieces? Abby, whose ex-boyfriend is a total turd. Oh, my God. He's such a tool. He is. What did I write? I think I actually wrote he's a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he leaves that headless uh, horseman um uh, a sign, sign in the captain's office. In the captain's office, and the captain pretty much gives him like the showdown for it. The I'm watching yeah. you. Yeah. I'm watching you. Yeah. Um, but this I was whole like, character is just kind of like, hollow. Yeah, but, he's like, I did it. Whatever. I feel like he's just like a plot device right now because, like, even then, like it was. I feel like he only did it. That scene only existed so the captain could be like, "You're Abby's ex, right? <laughs> yeah. You still exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. I love this. I love this line. Was uh, I was like. Pretend I know everything. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that was. I think it was also important in the sense that he. I feel like this is like he. Is, he does know more than he's alluding to. Well, I think we also just need to establish his authority because he yeah. didn't really have any in the first two episodes. Right. We need to establish his authority, and we need to learn to like him because it seems like he's sticking around. And we need to learn to hate turd ex boyfriend. Yes. Well, I, I didn't need to learn. I hated <laughs> him straight away. Morales. Is that what his name is? Morales? That's n- I mean, that's his last name. Yeah. I don't remember his first name. I think it's just Turd. It's Turd Morales. My name's Turd Morales. Yeah. <laughs> that's Turd Morales, the coolest kid in school. I heard that he fought off three boys and stole some beer. Punjar. <sighs> Punjar? That wasn't a pun. It wasn't a it was pun, but stupid. it did suck. <laughs> it did okay, suck. on the merit of it sucking, yes. Okay. So we're up to 350. <laughs> That'll be about 350. This is a great show. So, um, Native Americans. Native Americans. So racist. Oh, my God. Gerana Motors. <laughs> hey, you're an Indian, so can you tell me about Rocky Rutu or whatever? Can we Rock and Rontiers. Can we Rock just talk Rontiers. about the fact that um, this guy whose name I have already forgot, embarrassingly enough, uh, the Native American car salesman that they yeah. go to see. He's like, oh, we don't live in teepees and we don't have powwows. And Ichabod's like, oh, I miss powwows. I quite enjoyed those powwows. I liked powwows. And then as he's mentioning this, like, and he's getting kind of, like, angry about it, then the next scene is his, like, home or basement that looks like the inside of a teepee. No, it just looks like maybe a little dingy and a little, like, run down, maybe has dirt floor. No. Guys, the word is homey. Homey. It looks homey. It does not look like a teepee. No. Teepees are canvas. He had, like, what, because in a teepee, to keep it warm, you hang all these, like, blankets and stuff, and he had all the blankets hanging on his wall. He he likes blankets. He had, like, a bear rug on, like, like a Uh charred open bear on his wall. He also had a jar. He had a what opened bear? Torn open bear. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
I said shard, but yeah. I meant torn. Okay, I heard, I caught it. He had <laughs> lots of he had lots of little knickknacks. Yeah, yeah, and why does he have magic tea prepared as if okay? He that knows part that is coming. like yeah. yeah. He just has tea, uh, and it's like what? Wh- wh- and he has jars full of scorpions hanging around. Yeah, well, I mean, as you do, you know, when you're a used car salesman, you just you need some scorpions. I just felt it was so stereotypical, was. but hilarious because it's just like I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I got everything you need. I can hook you guys up. I'm gonna just be the plot point. I'll. I'll take the race stereotypical plot point bullet this episode. Well, no, but he addressed. He was like he the the whole point of that was he addressed that uh you know like oh what you think that just because I'm a Native American I do all this stuff? Okay, fine, I do all this stuff, but it's not because I'm a Native American. It's because I grew up and my father did this stuff too. And not all Native Americans do that, but I do. Okay, you happy now? I sell Drink, cars with magic. Drink this tea. There's hops in it. Scorpions. I, I agree with Matt because I I like that the show it'll it'll put out the stereotype, but it'll say this is a stereotype that yeah. we're giving you. I love it, and I I appreciate that because I would rather not have something shoved down my face without feeling like I'm in on the joke. Yeah, you know? and I also, but at the same time, I don't want a show that's going to be afraid to ever have a Native American character who knows something about you know witchcraft or sorcery just for fear of offending somebody. I thought they handled it well-ish. Yes. The state of his home notwithstanding, his personal attitude made it okay for me. When the Demon of 7-Up comes up, they better go to Orlando, though. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Womp Punjar. How dare you? I agree with that. Yeah, $4. Crap. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We were talking before the show. We're like, oh! It'll get to like thirty dollars for the whole season. Damn it! It'll be thirty dollars before Thanksgiving at this point. Oh God. Okay. I want to talk. Uh, do we have anything more about our Native American friends, or can I move on to Miss Jenny Mills? Um, I just want to say, who is the other guy? Because when they did the scorpions, there was just some <laughs> random other guy that they never his, introduced, his and then relative. he wasn't there again. His relative. It was he just made, like <laughs> he made the magic tea juice. You know, but you know what's another thing that, like, I wish uh, they probably just didn't have the time for, but they drink the tea, and then it cuts to them, like, you know, tied up to the slabs, and Ichabod shirtless, Abby's just in her sports bra, um, which, like, you know, first Yeah, why did they have to be shirtless, though? I mean, I'm not complaining, because they made both of them shirtless, but... Uh, they needed to, because shirts are... Can constrict you have you in the spirit world sleeping they could have choked the... on their own shirts <laughs> guys have you ever seen anyone tied to a wooden table with a shirt on though exactly there Thank you go you, steve you're very welcome no i've probably this there, is there obvious have stuff been. guys yeah it's level one many, no, many but, episodes of but my point <laughs> my point was my point was wouldn't ichabod freak the f out at a woman in such a state of undress it's not ankle he's fine I guess so. I don't know. That's that stuck out to me. I'm like, he should have a line here where he's li- where I don't know how you distill it. Just like never thought I'd see that. You're like, you know, like like who? Like I don't know. Anyway, maybe they were shirtless so the scorpions could bite them. But yeah. seriously, the scorpion could have bit them anywhere. Well, this is to control the place where they bite them. Had to bite them on their navel. Yeah. Bringing it back. Bringing it all back back. home. Maybe maybe they did have a scene that they just cut out there where it's like, okay, take your shirts off. Take your shirts off. Yeah. Like, maybe they just didn't have time for it, though. Yeah. My favorite Ichabod asides this week were all energy drink related. (laughs) That was so funny. My favorite was the boyfriend one. I am your friend, and I am amicable, but I don't think that's what you meant. What you're implying, yeah. (laughs) No, that that so funny. I love his dialogue. So do you guys want to talk about that? Because they show up to the hospital and she doesn't want to see Abby. And yeah, don't I want to talk why. about Jenny. Yeah. So, but, well, Let's we do know Jenny. why. Well, we didn't know. We know why now. Yeah. Yeah. But I meant like at this point Initially, in watching yeah. the episode, we didn't know why. Like this big secret that she didn't even tell. Yeah. What was it Coleman? What? Or she or Corbin? Corbin. Yes. Yeah. No, that uh, that she sold out her sister. Her sister told the truth. Or she told her sister not to tell the truth. Sister told the truth anyway. Abby lied about having seen the the beast, the demon, the faceless beast. 
and Jenny was sent to the asylum for her entire life because of it. And she never made it right. She tried to help her out of a jam five years ago when she was arrested for her first B&E. But, of course, she doesn't want to see her sister because her sister is a betrayer. She is a traitor to the cause. Um, meanwhile, Jenny, while getting into her hulked-out Sarah Connor mode, stole $4,000 worth of survival gear a few years back, and that's why she's in the asylum right now. And that I is lo- a thousand times the amount of puns we have made. What? 4,000. It's a thousand times. We have, oh, in, in this – no, we've made five – or whatever. <laughs> But um, I do like that, you know, Abby is explaining this, like, this uh, story about her sister stealing the goods for the apocalypse. And Ichabod's just like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. uh, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's why she's in the asylum. That makes sense. Um, And uh, so he goes to visit. Jenny lets him in. And uh, she, yeah, is, are you Abby's new boyfriend? Whatever. And, uh, you know, she's all dark and British. Yeah. But he confirms this thing to her that she's been believing and thought she was crazy her whole life. And to find out that it's real, you know, really real has got to be so big, Mm -hmm. so significant for her. And she busts out. Yeah. She's ready to start the war. Yeah. She ready. Does and doesn't am I forgetting? Am I remembering this correctly? Where Abby says, "Oh, she's good" or something like that? Because yeah, she, at the very end, yeah, when she tore the uh, or cut the thing in the ceiling, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she's damn good. She yeah. is good. Yeah, she's been living with the demon. I don't want her to die. I really like her as a character. I know. I want to know more about her, and I want to develop their relationship as sisters because yeah. it's so fractured right now. We're yeah. still we're still under the belief in writing that Ichabod and Abby are the two witnesses. But I, I think really it's still the think sisters. it's the sisters. Yeah, yeah I agree. totally. It's because because they both witnessed it. They, yeah, yeah. They witnessed they witnessed uh, the beast rising from the four trees potentially for the first time. Oh yeah, and let me just say this: in our in our first podcast, we had predictions about how about how the demon acts with humans and how um, it needed a mortal form to bring the rider death, the headless horseman, up yeah. in the water. Yeah, they were out there for four days yeah they were unconscious for four days so that is to say they could have been possessed for four days they have four days of missing time we don't know what they did during those four days and i think that that's going to be one of the key mysteries for the first season and i think ichabod it seems like is the catalyst to bring the two witnesses together so for whatever force of good or benevolence or something it was his job almost to bring them together because they weren't talking and they're not going to get together without his help. Yeah. And I I do believe that – so we know that Abby is probably definitely one of the witnesses because of her prophetic dreams. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, but then Jenny knew about the dreams again, so maybe yeah. she's also having prophetic dreams. I agree. I yeah. agree. No, the way that this is shaping out, this kind of cast – it's it's very much like Fringe, which was another Kurtzman Orky uh, produced show, although they weren't actively writers on it for the majority of its run. Um, where you've got this family relationship, you know, there Peter Bishop and his father Walter. Here you've got the Mills sisters. You had Agent Broyles there as the you know police, the FBI captain. You've got Orlando Jones, the captain here. And, you know, you had Walter and now Ichabod is kind of the uh, the outlier, super smart character who uh, is a catalyst for all the action. Um, so I'm really excited about this show. I was worried at the beginning of this season that there wouldn't be any fun shows this year. And I'm so glad that there are. And I'm so glad that we're doing an After Buzz show about the most fun show on broadcast this season. Um. Oh, uh, you mean like what? Once upon a time in Wonderland, or no, no, no. Um, mm-hmm. Which 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 show? Which show are you talking about? I'm talking about a show called Sleepy Hollow. Oh, 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 oh man, oh, duh. Oh, what am I thinking? Oh. oh. Okay. Do and watch Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, though. My friend writes for it. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. sweet. That's cool. That's uh, he writes. All right. Little plug. It's a girl, though. For the show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I think it's time we move into predictions. Um, before we do predictions, before we do, dude, a guy shot himself in the head on this show. Yeah, yes. like and, that okay. happened. 
First off, Mr. Gillespie, a.k.a. Flannel Man. Yes. Um, oh, man, if he comes back as a monster, I hope he comes back as a monster called Flannel Man. That is that's an devious. awesome monster name. That is like the Scottish evil thing. Ah, It's just like a living kilt that eats people. <laughs> He's like the, the groundskeeper Willie from Simpsons. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, continue. He, uh, he is the worst maker. He seems to be like have a woodworking hobby yeah but all this woodworking stuff is it like sucks because he had a nail sticking out on his table that he like ran into and yeah. i'm like why are you the worst table maker well, he was, ever yeah i was gonna say well he was afraid and that's why he ran into it but why is it even there it was like pretty juddy outy to cut up his leg it's <laughs> a multi-purpose table it's a table he and it's a board with a nail in it that you can use to ward off evil. Interesting. <laughs> Expand on that, Stephen. I don't know. Expand on that. I already made a Simpsons reference, so I had to make another one talking about having a board on, with a nail in it. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Fans will like it. Fans will like I it. I hope. Okay. Now. So what was your, Steve, what were you going to say about Flannel Man before I got angry about yeah. his bad table making skills? Oh, don't even worry about Flannel Man. It's a devious name, though. That sounds scary. No, like you were, I think you were saying manner. that you were, you were, we were talking before the show and you said oh, you were shocked at the oh, yeah, level the, of violence on yes. the show. That people have become so desensitized to violence these days. Like shows, you would never see a show on this network with people being killed this often. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. somebody got burned alive, mm -hmm. somebody jumped off a building, and somebody got shot in the head, and we have a creepy monster all in the same episode. Like, even even in X-Files, we didn't really see things that were that kind of graphic. I mean, we did and we didn't, but blowing a head off and seeing the blood everywhere and Ichabod. You gotta compete with Cable, man. Yeah. yeah. Got to draw them eyes. I mean, I like that they're doing it because it actually it makes it more realistic that these monsters are actually something that can harm them. Yeah. Because if they were just popping out of the ground and then, oh, I'm going to threaten to kill these guys and then they don't do anything and then they destroy the monster, it wouldn't have as much of a feel. Yeah. I, I agree. I 100% agree with you. Um, okay. Any final points or thoughts before we move into predictions? Um, just that Corbin's going to probably come back throughout the season because that number 49 thing panned out for yes. Abby. Yeah. Matt agrees. Predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay. One, two, three, Jackie B. What's your prediction for next week? I predict there's going to be... This is my prediction for the whole series. Please. I predict there's going to be an awesome theme song in every episode. Yeah, we get awesome music in this show in every episode. I hope it's in every episode. That would be rad. Yeah. Um, I personally, I think next week, next week we're going to meet, we're going to deepen the coven mythology. Yes. Um, hopefully we do get another visit from Dead Sheriff Corbin. Uh, we saw a couple of markings, one that was on the back of the horseman's head. Um, which is, I think, the symbol of the evil coven. It was kind of like a ring of arrows pointing outward. Yes. So uh, I'm very, very curious to see what we get next week in terms of horseman mythology. Will the horsemen show up? We don't oh, know. Interesting. Oh, this just reminded me. One Go ahead. of the fans mentioned that because you talked about oh, the yeah. badass helmets. Yeah. That was cool. That His comment. Yeah. He said that each of the helmets were from a different time period. So he thought that must mean that. Each of the helmets came from a time period where each of them was raised. Oh, totally. Yeah. That makes like, complete sense. The, he said, like, the Japanese one, There's there was a huge famine in Japan in the 1600s. So he thinks it's, like, the feudal Japan. That's why he has that Kabuto. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That's, that's like, so cool. That's, like, deep digging awesomeness. Yeah. That's effing planning. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I hope the writers are that good. And I, they seem to be. They, yeah. they are. They're on their game, man. F yeah. That rocks. Go That's you, baller. fan. Go you. Go you for Gerard. being. Go you, Gerard, <laughs> for being baller enough to know that stuff and then to tell us about it so we can tell everyone else about it. Good on you, Gerard. We have the best fans in the entire world. We're going to be number one another week. Boom. <sighs> I love that. Yeah. Steven, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think... Uh, <laughs> you I lame think... <laughs> 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 No, I think uh, we're going to have some really cool stuff coming up. Because 
I think they're going to dive into a lot more mythical creatures. We might see werewolves. We might see vampires. They'll probably hold that off for a while just because of if they started the show off with that, people would be like, eh, Twilight crap. Um, or, I mean, just the fact that they're so prevalent on television now. Yeah, we, we get a lot of them. What I, continue. what I really like is that they can pull from medieval, and if that goes with the time period thing, I would love to see some different cultural demons being yes. pulled out. Like, very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not some, not common like right. very uncommon demons from like Chinese culture, from Japanese culture, lesser known mythology. Yes. And I like that they did the Sandman because that really opens the door for really me- anything. Like, mm-hmm. well, the fairy tale evils. Like, we all know that Red Riding Hood was based on something ser- so terribly evil. Um, Peter Piper, that was like someone who lured children out in the night and killed them. Like, it opens the door for the for the children's stories to really go back to their medieval roots and have something so terrifying yeah. and have a conclusion to it as well, which they did with the Sandman in this episode. Um, I, I agree with that. Lesser yeah. known mythology. Lesser like known that. mythology. And then, like, I know that this won't happen, but I just had this dream episode pop into my head. There's a book called Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins, <laughs> and I'm just like... Ichabod Crane versus the Hanukkah Goblins to me that's the Christmas would special. Would be the best episode of television anyone had ever seen. That's I it, will say it that right for now. Matt. Make I, it happen for make Matt. Make it happen for Matt Orky Kurtzman and Mark Goffman. Please don't, please don't say Punjar, because if they did that, the show would be Sleepy Hollow. Oh. That is a Punjar. That is Punjar. Damn it! That's four fifty. <laughs> You jerk. No, no, you're not a jerk. You're not a jerk. You're you couldn't. A lovely you're a lovely person. You well, I am resist. Sleepy Hollow. All right, cool. All right, cool. I'm, I'm not even going to touch that one. Uh, um, okay, thank you so much to everybody who uh, listened to us this week. Uh, Stephen Lemieux, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X, or here engineering all of the great after shows at, HB- at, at <laughs> after HBO. At <laughs> After Buzz TV. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, where can the people find you? At HBO? No. Um, That's my place. You stay out. You stay out of my territory. We only have a population of 144,000 in HBO. Well, we Uh, killed a few, so. um, At 123Jackie underscore B on Twitter. At 123Jackie B, no underscore on Instagram. Although, one of you guys made fun of me for that earlier. It wasn't me. It was Steve. Einstein tried Dracky B. Yes. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T. L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Sons of Anarchy, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Low Winter Sun After Shows. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good night, sleepyheads. Views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. Give him a-